Good to have you with us. This is another episode of Love Revival coming to you from the Great New Wine Summer Conference in the middle of Sweden. And uh, it's the city of Bernersborg in Sweden. So you're, you're, if you're not able to come this year, which you probably are not, because this is uh, recorded during the conference and sent later. So I've, I want to encourage you to come another year because the presence of God is very much here and everywhere, but there's a special presence of Jesus during this conference and has been every year, so warmly welcome. We're on the main stage and together again we have with us no other than John E. Hey. Thomas from Dallas, Texas, yes. United States. John, uh, for them that don't know you so well, uh -huh. maybe watching you for the first time on Love Come. Revival, Go ahead and give us a brief introduction of who you are and what you're doing. Okay. Well, we'll see how brief I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God rescued me about 23 years ago yeah. out of the drug culture, completely changed my life, complete personality change. And I became aware of his love and his presence, and I have been pursuing that ever since. So I, I've hear that there's power available, so I've been pursuing the presence and the power of God. And as I continue to serve and I continue to pursue, I keep on getting opportunities. So my latest opportunity, I began to follow a guy by the name of John Paul Jackson and learn from his teachings because I saw something of God in him that I wanted to imitate. And uh, as I did that, I, I ended up um, meeting him and spending some time with him. And I've been asked to take over the ministry that he started. He passed away a few years ago. And so I'm now leading Streams Ministries, which is an equipping ministry. We work with local churches around the world in various countries and teach them how to hear from God, how to understand dreams and visions, and, and how to have a heart and a passion after his presence. Yeah. And uh, you're married since 22 years? Yes, 22 years, yes. married to my wife, Donna. And what's the city called in Texas where you... We're in Frisco, which Frisco. is just to the north of Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Great to have you with us. Yeah. And uh, today you are on the stage of uh, this great new wine summer yeah. conference here in Sweden. And you're one of the keynote speakers yep. during the conference. And, uh, and you carry the word with you. Something that you have uh, seen or heard, and we're going to elaborate on, yeah. on that and how you receive that word. Ah. Bring us up to speed on what, yeah. what God is ministering to you. Well, it's, it's fun because it, it, started, it started actually a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I shared last year when exactly. we did this from yeah. the same stage, I shared about a vision that I had where I, I was taken to the like into a map over Sweden and I was standing in a map over Sweden and I saw this huge wave come from the north of Sweden and just completely cover the whole map of Sweden and, and Norway and began to to pour out down into the the continent of Europe and and continue to spread and so I, I had this promise from God that there was going to be a wave of his presence that's going to be released well, this year I was talking, I'm talking about the, the light of the world, which is a theme for the conference, the church is the light of the world. And part of that is the message that we've been given about Jesus Christ, that he is a victorious king. He didn't stay in the grave. He, he rose from the dead and he's ascended. 
And we get to proclaim that message. And I was preparing for that message, and I just had this thought pop into my head. Let, there, there's something about missions in Sweden. So I started doing a little research. And I found that in the late 1800s, the early 1900s, there were three major mission movements that came out of Sweden, three different denominations, groups, that each were sending out missionaries into different places, mainly into Africa. Um, and, and something began to stir in me. I realized God's speaking to me. I wasn't quite sure what it was. And then I remembered, I, I was, uh, I think the very first time that I ever came to Sweden, I was visiting some friends and staying at their house and on one of their walls they had this old atlas of the world from the early 1900s and it was done here in Sweden and it had all the countries of the world but they were color coded according to the religion that was the that was dominant in that country and it was a strategy map for missions for prayer and for sending and, and, and I realized this heritage that Sweden has, and I felt this, this prompting of Holy Spirit that God wanted to re-release a missions movement in Sweden and through Sweden. And, and the word is this, that, that this mission movement that's coming, it's going to be a missions in Sweden to Sweden first and then to the nations. And, and it's going to be a... a a, a church planting thing. It's going to begin to rise up where people are going to begin to, to have a heart for evangelism and, and do mission-oriented churches. Not a church that's trying to gather where there's already Christians, but going into places where there are people that are not Christian and seeing people come to the Lord, get saved, build a church. But that, that, that passion is going to overflow and, and Sweden is once again going to be known in the world as the sending place of missionaries in a support of missions work throughout the world. Yeah. Uh. Wow. And, and, and it's, it's interesting you uh, mentioning how Sweden has, you know, deposited the Spirit of God in different places and come yeah. with, the, with the eternal Word of God. You know, I'm just reminded while you're speaking this word about inner mission, coming out to the nations yeah. again, another mission wave. That's what I hear you saying. I just thinking that not too far from here, a couple of kilometers from the place where we're standing right now, came to, if I understood it right, it came to um, two believers, Pentecostal believers, uh, by the name of Berg and Wiengren, who prayed and the Spirit of God told them one word, a name, and they didn't know what, what this name was. Both of them got the same name, mm -hmm. and, that was a, and then later on they found out it's a little place in Brazil. Wow. And they, so they moved to Brazil uh, and started a mission work. They didn't see many people come to faith at first, but then it broke loose, mm -hmm. and the Spirit of God, you know, was touching people. Yeah. And today, there is so many Pentecostals oh, that yeah. are related to that, that, little, that little obedience of the Spirit of God. Wow. Two Pentecostals filled with the Spirit, hearing the Spirit of God, moving there. Yeah. They went there and that obedience became uh, a blessing of an outpouring of the Spirit of God yeah. in the nation of Brazil. Yeah. And to yeah. this day, people from Brazil are 
relating the revival back to these two men. These two. This and we're right here. Yeah, we're, the we're close fruit. Here. Yeah. <laughs> the fruit of Sweden. Yeah. And the heart that God has put. Mm. The, the move of God, historically, has always ended up with missions. Mm. That when there's a revival, it always ends up in missions. I mean, yeah. one of the, the greatest revivals, we, we look back at Zuzu Street, and, and what happened with that, it changed the face of Christianity. Um, we're just, what, 110, 115, 14 years from when that, when that broke out. But it really changed the, the face of Christianity. But most of it was because the missions that were sent out, people would get filled with the Spirit. And, and when you get truly filled with it, there's, there's a difference between being touched by the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. But you can be touched with the Spirit and, and you have an amazing experience. You can feel His power and, and it's wow. But when you get filled with the Spirit, you get filled with a passion for Jesus Christ and it cannot be contained. You cannot but tell of what He has done. And, and that, that type of revival, like the, the promise of revival is a promise of the revival of the church back to mission where, where we begin to to step out in power and see God move the way that he said that he was going to move because the power is always for purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes in, in some movements or in some places, you know, sometimes the focus becomes the manifestations of the Spirit, right. the gifts of the Spirit, and, and, I mean, what the Spirit of do is doing, pouring out, but sometimes the, the connection lacks yes. with the harvest, the winning of souls, the yeah. sending, it's sending yeah. power. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course, there's resurrection, there, you know, there's, there's uh, reformations, there mm. are, uh, um, uh, you know, revelations that comes through outpourings, yeah. but it has to, in the end, be an outflow right. that, yeah. that brings a harvest into the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, that, and that's how it started. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus, not yet ascended, but resurrected, he tells his disciples, hey, go and wait for the promise of the Father, because you're going to receive power. And once you receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you will be my witnesses. The power will make you my witnesses. In Jerusalem, you're, you're, where you're at, your family, your, your neighborhood, your close friends. Uh, Judea, the, the region, the area that you're at, your city or, 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 or groups of cities. And then in the nation, and then it's going to go to the ends of the earth. Yeah. That when the power of God comes, ever since it started, every time it sent people out. And, and when the church doesn't send people out, God will release persecution to force them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened in Acts <laughs> chapter 8. Because exactly. they were all gathering in Jerusalem like, this is amazing. Look what God's doing. They were having these astounding meetings. And people were coming to the meetings. And the crowds were getting big. But they, they weren't doing the next piece. It, it was Jerusalem and Judea, which they were starting to hit Judea. But they needed to get to Samaria. They needed to get to, to the other most parts of the earth. And so God releases a persecution that scatters the church. And they begin to see it happen. They, they go first to Samaria and the power breaks out there. And then Paul and Barnabas that's going around the known world and the power of God breaking out because it's always unto mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, it's, it is the, the dreams, visions, prophecy. Yes. That's, that's the prophecy of Joel about the day of Pentecost. Yes. But it's not just 
the building up, the knowing, the knowing what uh, what is on God's mind yeah. and heart. Uh, but it's in conjunction with power from on high to become bold and to send you yeah. and be a functional witness of Jesus yeah. Christ. I actually, I did a, a pretty in-depth study. I've done this a couple times, the book of Acts, and mm -hmm. specifically around the revelatory experiences, angels, visions, trances, dreams, etc., mm -hmm. in the book of Acts. And they're always related to instruction on how. You, you have Philip having this angel come to him mm -hmm. and say, hey, go out to this road yeah and begin to walk and you'll see what happens. So he goes out to the road and he runs into the Ethiopian eunuch and, and that happens. Yeah, 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 you, you have Paul it's and harvest. Barnabas, yeah. it's harvest. Mm. Paul and Barnabas, they're going out. The Bible says preach the gospel. So they're going to preach the gospel, but the Spirit of Christ resists them from going to this place. The, mm -hmm. uh, the Spirit resists them from going into this place. And then they have a vision from a man from Macedonia saying, come over here. And mm. so they go over there. That it's it's there's guidance and, yeah, 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 yeah. and revelation is intended to 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 do two main things. One, we get to hear the heart of God, and that's that's the most important, because revelation is supposed to anchor us in the fact that God loves us, that we are loved, that we are chosen, that we're we're united with Him. That 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 is important. That's essential. That's. That's the main message of scripture. God created mankind for relationship. And so that, that piece, and then for mission. Now, what do we do with that love? If we've received that love, we have to give it away. If we've been given the love of God, it's, it's more than what we can handle. And it was never intended just for us. It was so that we could give it away. And so we get to take it and give it. And so God will tell us how to do that. If you go over here, you'll be more effective. If you avoid this, you, you won't get into this trap. If, if you speak to this person, this door is going to open. You're, you're going to need this understanding to be able to get to the next place that I'm taking you. And you know, you, you just, you're coming into something that I really want to talk to, but we're going to do some more shows about that. <laughs> but it's power and love. Yeah. Because the context where, where we're in right now, Sweden, Norway, Finland, people from Scandinavia watching this show. Uh, I think, I think it's, we need something that uh, so other nations and other, you know, movements might have a greater revelation on. Mm. And it is ministry out of intimacy, ministry mm. out of relationship yeah. with God. You know, yeah. uh, sometimes I think, uh, I, I think it's easy. We, we, it's, I don't want to say many because I hate that word many, but some people, me included, I was there. I was, I was ministering out of knowing that I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm. So my whole relationship was with Jesus. Yeah. But the Bible talks, that, talks about that Jesus, or Jesus is teaching us that, that he wants yeah. to, us to connect us with the Father. Yeah. And yes. that creates sonship that creates right. that we steps out out of sonship and when we know we're a child and a son of God or a daughter of God it's effortless yes it's not yes. that I'm, I'm not working to please I'm not just following demands it's a relationship yeah. and he is initiating me yeah. to do ministry and that's what you're you're talking about yes. receiving the love of God 
and as a as a response, it has to go away. Yeah, we've got to give it away. There's yes. a wonderful word in in First John in in the Swedish Bible it comes out more clear that uh, no one has seen God at any time, but when we love one another, the love of God reaches its goal. Wow. You know, I use, I, I I have a preaching yeah, sermon. Okay. I have a preaching sermon that I'm talking about the love towards us, the love yeah. in us, and the love through us. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes we stop with just knowing that God loves us. Yeah. Or we have the love of God in us towards God, back to God, and it's like this circle. But that circle is wonderful, but then he wants the horizontal circle as well. Right. Yeah. That, and that's when it reaches its goal. Right. That love relationship affects this relationship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. and John, John says in, in his letter, he says, if that love relationship between you and God doesn't overflow yeah, yeah, yeah. to how you treat other people, you're actually deceived you don't really love God. Mm. Yeah. But that, that struck me. I mean, I, I spent... I don't know, first couple of years I, I knew the Lord, I, I was reading First John and it just hit me and I couldn't stop reading it. I just read it again and again and again and again because there was something there that I just, I couldn't get. And it, it, it actually, it took me years to really get that. But that, that has become such a fabric of who I am now. Like I, I understand, I, mean, I know exactly what John was talking about because I'll give you an example. My wife does not like sports. It's just not her thing. She doesn't really like sports. But if I'm sitting watching sports on TV, she'll sit and watch it with me and she'll enjoy it. Simply because I'm getting enjoyment out of it, she gets enjoyment out of it. She would never do it if I wasn't there. But because she's with me and I'm getting enjoyment out of it, she gets enjoyment out of it. God's greatest, now that's not my greatest passion, but, but God's greatest passion is the person in front of you. And when you're with God, your passion, His passion begins to overflow and you begin to take on that passion. You, you begin to love that person and it's the greatest joy. And maybe, maybe there's nothing in the natural that would cause you to love that person. Maybe it's not the way that you're made up. Maybe it's not your experience. Maybe you've got all these reasons why you shouldn't love that person. But because you're actually spending time with God and He loves that person so passionately, you can't help but get caught up into it. It's one of the ways that you recognize you're actually with God is how it overflows in the way that you, you see other people and you treat other people. Yeah. This is not a sidetrack because this is very much connected with what you're talking about earlier yeah. about the mission. receiving power, but not just power, receiving love. Yeah. To yeah. be compelled or you know, you're you know, motivated to go to the lost. Yeah. I love the word in, in Matthew, I believe it is, when Jesus when it talks about that Jesus was moved with compassion. compassion Yes. He was not motivated on, you know, all these, you know, fame or, or being a celebrity or, or being some kind of, you know, miracle maker. He was, not, he was not looking for that. He was 
motivated by one thing, not the crowds. He was motiv motivated by the love of the Father yeah. towards him. Yeah. And that's why he got to go to the ones yeah. that the Father loves, because he's having the love of God on the inside of him. Yeah. And that's when the harvest happening. Yeah. It's the missing ingredient sometimes. Sometimes we, we're looking for the power. We, we're looking for someone to pray for, to get healed so we can tell about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's, the love of God is not that way. The love yeah. of God wants to do things even yeah. if, it's not, if it's not getting notified. Yeah. It just wants to connect people with Father. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually the, the first time that Jesus empowered other believers with the ability to heal and cast out demons. It's in Matthew chapter 9, at the end of it, it says he was moved with compassion because he saw the crowds. And he's like, look, the fields are white with harvest. Pray that the, the Lord of the harvest would thrust out workers into the harvest. And the next thing he does, he turns this to his disciples and says, guys, you're it. <laughs> Go, preach the gospel. It's Jesus's compassion for the people that, that are helpless, that are desperate, that they're lost. They, they have no guidance. They have no protection in their life. They're just, they're scattered. Like sheep without a shepherd are hopeless. Yeah. I mean, any wild animal, a sheep has no way to defend itself. It's not fast. It doesn't have any way to fight. I mean, it's a meal. If it if it's doesn't have somebody else to protect it, it's a meal, period. And people have, have been a meal to secularism, to, to the demonic, to addiction. And, and Jesus is moved with compassion. He looks at the world and he sees the problems. He sees the abuse and the sex traffic. And, and he sees the, the pornography and, and the drugs. And, and he sees the people that are caught up in materialism. And, and his heart isn't moved with anger. His heart is moved with compassion because he sees sheep that are without a shepherd. And he looks at you and I and says, guys, you, you got to pray. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would thrust out workers into the harvest. And it's something I've learned about God. Whenever he tells you to pray, he usually expects you to be the yeah, answer yeah, yeah, to the yeah. prayer. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they're like, okay, yeah, Lord, send out the harvesters. He goes, good, yeah, 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 yeah. you're it. Now go. Yeah. Now go. And I'm I think that's, you power. That's, that's the, you know, I, I mean, I, I know that in Sweden right now, there's a, there's a mobilization for a prayer movement. Yeah. And those guys, we're that involved in the prayer movement and all the prayer that's gone on. I think uh, that's a word for us also that, yeah. you know, sometimes you're the answer. You're, the, yeah. you're not praying for harvesters, you're the harvester. Right. And while you're it's praying for harvesters, you've got to prepare your heart to be a harvester. Yes. And not just looking for the evangelists to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know what? We have a couple of more minutes. Uh -huh. Go ahead and just pray into that word that you have yeah. about missions, you know, yeah. inland mission and yeah. missions coming up. Pray yeah. into that word and release that word to yeah. our viewers right now, if you uh, want to. I, I would love yeah. to. I would love to. So I'm, I'm just going to speak it over you first, that, that God is releasing in Sweden people. He's calling. He's giving mission. He's giving callings to people in Sweden that you would begin to have vision, you begin to have places that you know that you're supposed to go, people that you need to talk to, and as you go, you're going to find yourself in the midst of a mission movement that starts by planting churches and seeing people saved right here in Sweden.
but it's not going to end here that there's going to be an increase where where missions become so normal that you guys are going to overflow and there are going to be people sent out to the nations of the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and so my prayer over you is that the compassion of God the love of God would so overtake you that you would look at people in Sweden, you, you would look at the Swedish nation and the Swedish people and you would be so overcome with compassion for a people that are like sheep without a shepherd that it would drive you to pursue power and pursue the presence of God so that you would have an answer for the need that is out there. Because Jesus told the disciples, some people say, oh, it's months until harvest. Oh, it's going to take years for Sweden to get ready. But I tell you, no, the fields are white for harvest. Now is the time, and this is the time, and you are being prepared for the mission. You are being prepared to accomplish what God has given you because the love and the power of God is going to be coming on a people, and you're going to be sent in boldness and in authority. You'll see the sick healed. You're going to see the blind eyes open and the deaf ears open, the, the lame walking, and you're going to see those that are the most lost, bound by addiction, bound by suicide, bound by anger, those, those that are stuck in their sin, radically set free, radically saved, and they're going to get on fire. They're, they're going to become the mission movement because the passion that they've received, that those that did not deserve it were loved by God. It's going to light that flame of love, and they're going to be sent to the ends of the earth. Wonderful. Wonderful. Man. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We receive that. We receive that. For you that have been watching this, just receive that word. Watch the rerun of this and be marinated in the word of God coming to our nation and coming to Scandinavia. God bless you and we wish you a wonderful day in Jesus.